Bots and cons, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. welcome back to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of Vector Sigma. And Scott, were you confused because I changed up the intro this time? A little bit. A little oh, bit. <laughs> I got to throw people <laughs> off every once in a blue moon. I've been debating, like, trying, you know, initially I thought when we first started doing this, maybe if I come up with something cute every time, and then I spent more than five seconds thinking about it and said, yeah, that's we way too much to try and come up with it every week even I for something like silly you're all you're on brand and articles because you can use it there that's what i like about it yeah it's true it's good for consistency's sake um yep. which i mean there is something to be said for that but every once in a while you got to mix it up it's good to keep things fresh speaking of keeping things fresh we're gonna have some cool new stuff to talk about <laughs> yes yeah fantastic segue i worked on that one for the last 10 seconds that I've been talking and was hoping that when I got to the end of the sentence, I could pull it together. Uh, You're good. <laughs> but anyway, so we do actually have a whole bunch of cool stuff to talk about. Some of it's going to be just real cursory because we don't know a whole lot, but I think anybody who's listening to this, especially by the time this goes live, is probably going to know what we're talking about. And in fact, may have more information. So this is, as I've often heard TFW uh, WTF and TFW say it, it's a sealed envelope discussion where uh, maybe by the time this goes live, we'll have a whole bunch of information that makes us look foolish, but it is what it is. So, it be the first time. yeah, exactly. Yeah. We seem to have that timing, which is, well, what are you going to do? For the stuff that we do actually know about, though, real quick, there were a couple news items, a few news items that had come up outside of the major stuff. One of it, or one of the things was the design, lead designer Matt Smith had put up an article up on Facebook describing the Devastator deck, which just released this past Friday, or at the time this goes live, two Fridays ago. It's pretty interesting to see the design process behind the scenes. A lot of it made sense to me as to way, the way they were going with it and how they wanted it to play, both from the perspective of, I guess, from a competitive side, but also just as a boxed set. Did you get the chance to take a look at this, Scott? Yeah, they talked a lot about, I guess, the six-man team, I think, was pretty much the the main focus of it, I would think. Right. Yeah, and how and, that you know, worked everything. Yeah, and trying to, like, you know, making sure you get value out of it and out of your guys and, like, what that changes to dynamics of of gameplay and stuff like that. So, right. it's it's nothing that, like, I mean, it's good to see it, like, explicitly stated, I guess you could say, but it's it's definitely echoes what I've seen out of it in play thus far absolutely yeah the one of the interesting things i think was actually in the comments for where someone had asked how come we didn't get a mechanic that removed counters and matt smith actually replied with kind of what you'd expect that it's didn't want to make it too complicated initially they obviously had those ideas on the drawing board but then it ended up getting pulled back and maybe we'll see something like that going forward plus it wasn't really on theme the constructicons are well constructing things and the as he put it, the demolishing they're doing is supposed to be your opponent. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the other things that had caught my eye from there. But uh, moving on from there, one of the other things that came up was a more recent rules roundup, which compared to some of the previous ones, we did have a couple more interesting things in it. There are two that I wanted to call attention to, but was there anything specifically that you saw, Scott, that you wanted to bring up before we dive into them? No, I don't remember being particularly long. So yeah, I guess would, the uh, mm -hmm. 
I know you're going to talk about the best of three thing, I'm sure. Yeah, that's one of them. Uh, the only other one was for, and I'm trying to find the exact wording. So it's whether you can, if you Optimus Prime Battlefield Legends swing in, flip a green pip, can you activate it and then also green it back to your hand? And the answer yeah, is yes. That's, that's no different than like, playing any action is it still part of the combat pile it's the same exactly right there was in from various events i've heard people debating about it not like vigorously but to some extent so it was good to have clarification there uh and like i said all the other ones outside of the best two of three one were kind of what you'd expect so that's why i wanted to call attention to it the best two of three one though for those who are not familiar this is basically the question was when you're playing best two of three how do you figure out who goes first in games two and three? The obvious official answer is there aren't official rules for it, but the recommendation is that the loser of the the previous game go, chooses who goes first the next game. Uh, I know a lot of areas were defaulting to, I guess, the original starter rules where it's just alternate inherently. So do you feel this changes anything significantly for you, Scott? I mean, this is kind of how other games operate. I mean, this is how we were playing it in the beginning, and then we switched to the right alternate, which I'm not really sure why. Like, I understand like that that's what the starter rule said, but like, starter rules basically say that because they're trying to teach somebody how to play a card game. Period, and they're basically just saying right, same person can't go first all the time because it's boring that way. Like, I mean that that's all they were really trying to say in the in the starter rules, but outside yeah. of any anything else. That's what some people defaulted to, so that's what we had been going with. But I mean, mm-hmm. this is the way I would have thought it should be anyway. So right, and I agree with you. It it was weird to be honest with you that the the way the starter rules had it set up to begin with, because if the assumption is you're not in a structured, rigid setting such as a tournament, well, who cares? You just ask the person, "Do you want to go first this game, or should I go first this game?" You know what I mean. Yeah, most rules say randomly determine who goes first. That's the way most rules say it. But this is exactly. aimed at an audience that is even not at that level. So I'm exactly. not surprised. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a problem to include it. It just kind of surprised me as opposed to defaulting to alternating in the in the beginning or uh, having somebody choose like this in the beginning. But mm-hmm. it's good to have it cleared up. Again, similar to the Optimus Prime ruling. So it is officially out there now. But again, it's not... It even says it's not the official rule, so we'll see what people adopt. I'm assuming most areas are going to go this route, because why wouldn't you? Yeah. So those were the two, I guess, I don't want to say, uh-oh, they're back. <laughs> um, he, he just came to yell at me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's very upset. Or he wanted it's, to get his two other, cents it, in it, on best two or three. It's the, it's, it's the other one, though, that usually isn't as vocal. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, those were the, I don't want to call them lesser news items because it, that implies that they're not as important, but I think some of the more exciting ones are the ones we're going to get into. So one of the things that literally came up today, not long before we were recording, so I was scrambling to, to get everything set up, was we got the remaining three characters from the upcoming Megatron versus Bumblebee starter. That's Starscream, Megatron, and Bumblebee himself. So... Scott, you and I were talking about this offline a bit. I'm not super excited about these guys. Um, any Anything positive you want to add to these guys, or are you in the same boat? I mean, these are definitely starter cards. I'll give you that much. That um, is very true. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of text to be had. The The only use I can see of any of them, honestly, is is 
um, if you want to back up Starscream to one of the other ones to mm-hmm. be able to run Null Ray similar to the way that like in the three wide Optimus that I, you know, I ran the starter Optimus to have a backup for the Ion Blaster. Right. Honestly, I never had two Ion Blasters in play at the same time, but at least I had a target for it if I drew it late again. I, right. I, strategically, I don't think I don't think any of this stuff is a big deal anymore, that, which is something we can get into at another time. Like, I think it's just best to play the best cards you possibly can and use them when it's appropriate. And you can there's there's numerous ways to get rid of them right now, like especially through green. Yeah, you're generally um, not limited as we were before. Yeah, but I mean these stats are are lacking clearly worse clearly worse <laughs> than other options at their star cost yeah um yeah i mean like the star screen for example is just a is just a flat worse silver bolt for example um yeah i'm very ca- i mean i get like you said they're starter cards but at the same time it's they don't have to be that much of a gap i don't think unless yeah, like and- the starter the starter game to a normal game would be very uh, jarring for yeah, someone. That was literally the word I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's it's a thing. So I guess you know, like, your seven drop is me- is this Megatron, and you get barrage. Like, yeah, you're, you're gonna, gonna feel fair to me. <laughs> that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be an awkward, unfortunate game. There, <laughs> um, it the I guess the point in their corner, the the hope, the light at the end of the tunnel is that. Not long after this, we will be getting some additional cards, so maybe there's some other synergy, like you said, that there's a hypothetical Null Ray out there that you'll want to include these cards for, or to somehow fill in star gaps, I guess. It's notable that Starscream is melee on both sides as a plane. We've only had Ramjet prior to this. I, I have a and Ramjet hard... was only on one side, I think, right? Was yeah, he was ranged on his bot side, so I'm... yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. It's cool that they're they're mixing that in, but at the same time, I don't know if like that's not compelling enough for me. Uh, the Megatron ability—it's cool that he has actual text on both <laughs> bot and alt mode. But okay, so he's a four attack. Like okay, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. That's the big <laughs> issue. It's not even all the time. I guess it's. I don't know. There's just not a lot going for them at this stage. Maybe as we get further in, it doesn't appear that there are going to be any, there's been no mention of unique battle cards in the starter. So it's just probably stuff we've already seen. Plus these character cards. The only thing to note is that all the characters together add up to 24. So there may be like a star card in the starter as well. Right. Which would also be interesting to introduce. Cause that's, I think a, a mechanic that's a step beyond what I would have expected to be in a starter, but it would be a welcome addition if that's the case. Yeah. The only other thing that I'll add for this, and then we can move on to other stuff, is that when we were talking about this offline, I could potentially see one of the starter cards, whether it's one of these three or the Windblade, essentially accidentally being playable. And by that, I mean that similar to how Starter Bumblebee or Starter Optimus Prime have wormed their way into decks, and believe me, I feel that those are stronger than these. Whoops. I'm knocking over some of my props for later. Um, (laughs) So, similar to how those ended up in a a few different builds, I could see maybe one of these making their way into something. I, I can't picture the orange tank deck yet, but I guess if you had this Megatron demolisher thing 
and you wanted them all to be tanks, and like, it, it, there's a lot of ifs, but I guess maybe. I'm trying to reach for something, <laughs> so it's not just, oh yeah, these are garbage, let's move on. I mean, they're just a starter package, that's what they're there for, so. Exactly, so, I guess we can kind of leave it at that, but those are coming up, PR revealed those earlier today, uh, well, a couple of days ago, by the time this goes live, so. There's, I can see there's already a few people, or I saw a few people already. I think Wasi already has a video up for it. it was, the man's fast. Nothing else, he's fast. Um, so that, I think, does it for the starter reveal. So let's move on to this other big thing that got announced this week on probably the worst possible day that they could have announced it. Yes. I, we were joking about that the other day, uh, a few other people, and I'm sure everybody did this, because I know I tweeted at them, and there were a number of other people that did as well, or reached out to the, the media team through various channels of, okay, is this a, are you actually joking? I don't know what the, the drive was to announce it on April Fool's Day, but <laughs> even when you say no fooling on there, I'm going to be skeptical just from having trained myself over the years with the internet. So did you buy this right away, Scott, or did you think it was a joke? Uh, I bought it right away because I had additional information. So Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I'm like, mm, I don't know about this yet. I'll, I'll wait and see. And then they've obviously supported it. It's not a joke. Um, so for those of you out there, audio listeners or people, I guess, that have been under a giant metal rock somewhere on Cybertron, we're going to be getting a release day event plus a promo card. We're going to be getting in-play store report, uh, report support, and we are going to be getting the full breadth of the reveal for all of this, well, when this goes live, because as we said, that's just the way the timing always works. Oh, and by the way, Wave 3 in June of this year, just throwing that out there. And in addition, the Wizard Play Store, the Wizard Play Network, had an article for stores to be able to sign up to get. Um, I believe they said it was twenty-five. Yep. Unique uh, character cards, and then like gold foiled versions of Wave One and Two character cards to give out. Essentially, how they want to, which I assume there would be like tournaments or kits, like yep. the way other stores have done it in the past. Um, which is a, I, I believe a core letter to this, not necessarily like that. I don't think that's purely the in-store support, but like, yeah, a core letter to that. I, I think that that's the way I interpret it as well. So I'm looking at the WPN right now. Uh, it, for those unfamiliar with it, it's the Wizards Play Network. It's basically where stores can go get information as well as get their events posted, as well as, in cases like this, get product to help support events in their their physical locations. So in this particular case, if you sign up and you go through whatever's required for it, it's 25 copies of a character card not found in booster packs. So I'm very curious to see what exactly that means. Like, is it literally a totally different character? Is it a character with alt art? I feel like they would say it's alt art if that were the case. Um... 15 sets of three character cards, one each from Waves 1, 2, and 3 with special gold foiling, like Scott was describing, and then two Wave 3 posters. Obviously, all of this is with the intent of helping you launch or run a launch party, so a launch event, a pre-release or, or release day event, whatever you want to call it, as well as stuff beyond that. So it's really awesome, especially since 
so many people have been clamoring in one way, shape, or form for exactly this, something to help stores get butts in seats. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with it, WPN, um, but I just hope it's better run than other, I assume it's better run than other kit-based companies where, like, basically players buy the kits for themselves and it, it just becomes a huge issue. So I, I assume right. it's better run than that where you actually have to show that you're actually doing things. Yeah, I, I believe that, and don't quote me on this because I'm not sure, I'm sure somebody out there will be able to tell us who's more into the scene, but I believe all of the local magic events, so your FNM level things, as opposed to a Grand Prix or something at that level, are run through this. Uh, and then that way, and it doesn't necessarily, I don't believe it has to be a store, but to your point, you do have to have a place that you're running things. So it's yeah. not necessarily like you own a gaming store. It's like, well, if you run your events at a Barnes & Noble or, you know, you rent a hall or something like that, I believe that's the case. But again, don't quote me on that one. Yeah, I just hope, I think it's more strict than other companies where you can just like order the kit, quote, you know, like and don't actually do anything with it. So Right. So we're going to be getting a whole lot of information probably 10 minutes after this goes live officially on no. April the 8th. And it, we it'll, will... be a while, it'll be later than that. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would be what, like 5 a.m. for them or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I already have issues reaching out to them at that time in the morning. Is it? You know? Yeah. So we'll. Uh, so by our next show, we'll have more to discuss about this because there's other than it being a thing, there there's not enough information to really have any kind of worthwhile conversation at this stage, unless you had something course, else you wanted to bring up. No, I don't like the tinfoil hat too much. I mean, I'm very excited by the news. Um, I, I will say a couple general things because they've just been on my mind. One, for our faithful listeners, um, I have reached out to contacts both at Wizards and at other locations um, that would be involved in some of this um, uh, stuff, for lack of a better term. So we're hoping that we can get some additional guests in the, the, the near future to either talk about what's going to be announced on the 8th or additional things that may be announced that were only hinted at as part of the announcement. I guess everything was pretty much hinted at as part of the well, announcement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we are trying to, I am trying to secure some guests for us um, as well. So I have some, it's more just a timing thing. Every, they are, my contacts said, yes, I will come on when I can. You know, it's just, it's just a timing thing. Everybody's so busy. Yeah. 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 If, well, the, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's when it's when they can announce things basically that too. That's also going to be a big piece of it because a lot of it is, you know, you have to get everything in the appropriate row in line. Uh, so that, I guess that does bring up one thing. If you don't hear from us for a little while, that may be why, uh, as we're trying to it, last time we had to record everything offline. So that yeah, may be something yeah, that comes exactly. up, um, just to give everybody a heads up. We're obviously not going anywhere. So, any yeah, other thing? Oh, God, sorry. There's just been. A, I, I think there's just been. I guess we just reached a critical mass where every single announcement, one way or the other, is going to get. Let's see. I talked to somebody offline about this, and and they made a good point where they basically said we reached a critical mass of people where you're going to get. You, you, we're reaching what I like to call Goldilocks moment. Mm -hmm. Um. The, the the majority of vocal people are only satisfied if it's not too hot and it's not too cold. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so if it doesn't 100% suit their idea of what they wanted, they become a vocal member of the minority complainers. Right. Uh, because, it's the inter- because it's the internet. Um, so I would just say that, like, just remember what you, whatever happens, like, it's it's probably not going to satisfy your 100% vision of what you wanted, but it's all going to be a positive step in the right direction. Right. Um, you know, there was a lot of time in between waves one and wave two, and whatever that scheduling time is can only be seen as a positive of the game, that it's, it's obviously moving to a, a more rapid uh, time frame. Like, I don't have any information, but I would assume this is going to be later in June, for example, right. um, when it gets released. Uh, and it, it's a positive thing if there is this much large-scale product to move and ideas getting pushed out the door more rapidly than they were the first time from wave one to rise of the combiner. So I would just look at it in a positive way. Absolutely. I don't think there's really much to take away. That's negative about that. And I, I think I know where you're going with it. That <laughs> I guess at the end of the day, even if you assume that whether it's how the organized play or how the, the sets release or how, whatever the new thing that we're going to discuss is that if it's, 80% of what you want, that's better than the 0% you had prior, <laughs> yeah. I guess is the best way to, one of the best ways to look at it. Plus, it, as you said, to your point that it's, if you're getting both more rapid releases and more regimented releases. So if we're now moving into the era of more, and again, we don't know this, neither of us have any information and nothing's officially been said at the time of this recording. But if we're moving into a more regimented, magic-focused or oriented release schedule with, you know, quarterly or at least whatever the... I'm not sure exactly what their release schedule is now, but it's clearly more frequent than, you know, twice a year that we were kind of looking at before. It's only going to be a positive overall. Yeah, because that means there's enough... Honestly, it's because there's enough ideas to push out the door. Right. Um, and, that, and clearly they feel that there is a base to support it as well. Yeah. So... And it shows that, to me, it just shows that there's a plethora of ideas out there to keep it fresh. Um, and I have... Like, I don't know that there's, again, going to be a new color pip or there's going to be a new weird mechanic to how characters work like they folded last time or they were big the first time like or they were gigantic when they were titans like you know i, I don't know what the shtick is going to be this time you, you know if there is one or isn't one there's just be continuations of those but like um at least the ideas are there and they are constantly pushing the envelope in my opinion to get it out and it, this is a corollary the reason why it was released april 1st the way i understand it is pax east was this weekend so there were certain so Hasbro's headquarters are in Rhode Island, so the people from the Watsi team that came out to PAX East, I don't know this for a fact, but likely was having some type of meeting. I think like, that's a safe bet. <laughs> in the Boston area um, there, and I, like, I do know there were other meetings happening as well that talked about some of the announcements. Um, and then also, I think Drew said something to the effect of like, they needed to get the information out there because of the how, when stores need to, or when either stores or distributors, I don't know how it works, need to order things like by mid-month of this month. So right. they needed to wet the appetite in order to get people ready to 
get their orders in, I think, by the mid-month. That makes sense. So that's why it's happening. That's why it's happened the day it did. Right. It's also, I think a lot of the potential complaints are really just system shock. And then once, again, once this is a, a regular thing, it's not a big deal anymore. But because it's a a departure from what we had the first time around. The, like you said, the gap between Wave 1 and Wave 2 was a chasm compared to this. Uh, I think it's a lot of complaints here because it's the internet. Well, <laughs> I I think that's axiomatic. Like, what, <laughs> what, like yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, that's going to happen. There's another vocal subset of people that complain a lot too that I have no sympathy for. So if you don't like it, move to another country. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that with your releases. So, aside from that, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up regarding the announcement of an announcement? No, I don't want to wear too much tinfoil. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's the Wave 3 slash OP slash whatever announcement. We'll Again, we'll circle back to it when we have more information, obviously. And as Scott mentioned, we are working on trying to get in touch with some wizards reps in order to have them on so that we can hear it from the horse's mouth. Yep. So moving from there, even though we said we're not going to wear too many tinfoil hats and too much speculation, we didn't get to do this with wave two. Uh, And that's, we're going to have a little bit of fun talking about characters that we want to see characters that we think we might see. And I wanted to take some more pictures of my toys. So we have some of those on screen. (laughs) So well, we were, actually were scheduled to do this the day that the Kotaku article came out, which is really like we had to scrap our entire show idea and basically just if you listen to that show, it's very off the cuff because yeah. like, we were just completely blindsided by that article coming out that day and, and we wanted to do this for wave two and we weren't able to. So Exactly. So it, it we gotta get it in while we can at this stage before they do it to right. us again. So Scott, you had sent me a list we had talked about it offline of basically let's just pick five characters. Uh, I think right off the bat, because he was on your list, he's on mine, but we already know that he's coming. We both think that we're going to see Soundwave in this set, correct? Yeah, I believe we're, I mean, the only, what Drew has said is that there'll be multiples that come out in 2019. So it's getting to the point where we're going to have multiples. We're going to need to have it in one of these sets coming up soon. So I would assume it's this one. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can get that one right off the top. I uh, I guess the the main question I'd have before we drift too far away from him is do you feel that that is so Rise of the Combiners obviously combiners are the thing. Do you feel that Soundwave would justify an entire mechanic to himself or do you think he's just going to have a unique mechanic within the set? So like Metroplex but in Wave 3. I think it'll just have a unique mechanic. And I don't think it'll be unique. I think there'll be Blaster as well. Um, well right, right. Set. Well, I, I mean I unique actually, compared to before, I guess. Yeah, I think one thing they could do, and I, and this is complete wild speculation by me, um, is almost like a combination of what we've seen thus far. So, like, you would have the Soundwave and Blasters as actual character cards, and if you had the cassettes as either... You can either have them as cheap character cards, like, you know, three-star or something like that, Mm -hmm. four-star. Or, if you had them as battle cards, the precedent's already set to put star battle cards. So, like, let's just say, for example, the Soundwave was a five-cost character that had insane stats, Mm -hmm. but he did nothing, for example, because all the cassettes also cost a star or two or something like that to put in your deck. 
So like his actual cost like would be like ten or eleven if you actually like made full use of him. Otherwise, he would just have decent stats as a character. That's the way I envision seeing it. That, is that it would yeah. like, grow almost over time. Like the ability to actually get any get additional use out of him would be through the star battle card mechanic. I, I'm just thinking a wild guess. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's kind of where my head was at as well. And to again not to delve too far into some of the other ones but i also had some of the headmasters slash target masters on my list they've both made a resurgence in various media they've been showing up in the toy lines and i think it would easily tie into especially target masters what you're describing so maybe it's a battle card that it starts in your deck costs some number of stars you can play it but then as a headmaster or target master, when you play it, the appropriate partner, if they're in play, they do other thing, whatever the other thing happens to be, or they, you know, they get boosted in some way because Chrome Dome's headmaster is there, or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm not a fan of headmasters or target masters myself personally. I don't, I don't understand like yeah, I'm like, not what, they, what what the advantage. I don't they don't get them like when I was reading yeah. comics and, and mm. playing with the toys and stuff. It was almost like they had to become headmasters because they like removed their own heads on purpose. Like it didn't actually like, there was no purpose for it. Yeah. Right. right. It was a toy gimmick, not like a, not a lore gimmick. Oh yeah. It was definitely, I I guess you could say we're definitely in the territory of we needed to move these toys. We came up with this idea, make it happen. I don't care how you do it sort of thing. I do like, and this is, yeah, can't get that one out strictly because of the comics. Again, Chrome Dome, Brainstorm, those sort of characters, they become near and dear to me as a direct result of the IDW comics. It just feel the only reason, again, that I bring them up is because of the Soundwave slash Blaster thing, that it feels like Target Masters slash um, all the various other Legends toys that clearly we've been getting characters because of some of the toy lines. It kind of fits, but again, it's just wild speculation of maybe we'll see it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what else did you have on your list, Scott? That you were are these ones that you're excited about that like you personally want to see, or is it just you think we're lacking these characters? Both. I think my list was my list all Autobots. You had a lot outside of the Soundwave <laughs> Blaster thing. Uh, one of them was Ratchet, who I made a point to make sure I had a picture of, which I realized my only Ratchet that I own is my Transformers Prime one, which was kind of interesting to learn. Uh, he just seems like a seminal character that's not hasn't been released yet, right? Um, so I would say that, he, and I was, he, I think he was in the Bumblebee movie at one point. So um, I would say that he's probably. So I think he has, I think he has a Siege of Cybertron toy because of that, right? Um, so he's just one that I think would be on there, and I feel like the the repair mechanic built into him in some way, shape, or form hasn't been um, as explored as it probably could be, and I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in, in competitive play, they overvalued the repair mechanic a little too much because it's just completely inefficient. So, right, right. Um, I think I think having a, some characters that could do that uh, somehow, they, they, I think that we've seen enough play to know that it's a balanced enough mechanic where it won't be like if it, like what I'm just throwing it out there like like if he like flipped to do the medic ability it would not be anything that was like game breaking or anything like that you know right well I guess it's going to all depend on the numbers because I could certainly see 
a certain point where, okay, you're healing just... It, I guess it wouldn't be necessarily as good as just playing blue, because it, I guess you'd rather prevent the damage than heal it off. But at the same time, if you're playing blue and getting the healing on top of it, that's something that they brought up before, they being wizards, of course, that they do want the game to play relatively quickly. So it, I'd be very, I agree with you that I think that healing in general could use both a boost and some additional exploration. But I, I get the feeling they're going to tread cautiously in those waters. That's fair. I just think results have shown that it's it's not overpowered. So. Yeah, at its current stage, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they suddenly come out with something that's a pip and heal five. Like that's probably going everywhere. Right, I agree. <laughs> um, heal five all... might be a little powerful. But... Yeah, that might be a, l- a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have to see exactly what comes out. Now, you also had. I'm looking at your list. Also, uh, over on the side here, rather. So, aside from the ones already mentioned, you had Perceptor, who was also on mine, uh, as well as Ultra Magnus and Drift. Do they fall in the same categories that you think it's just? Well, you have to have these characters, or do you think there's uh, a gameplay mechanic that you're looking for? Well, Perceptor's already been on, like he's on Tech Research, for example. He's been on Inverted. Like he's mm-hmm. uh, obviously his IDW is much different than his absolutely, uh, yeah. G <laughs> one classic incarnation, but um, I just feel like he is a he's a character that a lot of fans, uh, I guess, like or. Um, you know, have a huge fondness for, like, myself included. Um, I do know that in, again, the game where most of the art comes from, the Transformers uh, Legends or Transformers Rising, he was, like, a truck, I think, eventually got re-released as that. He wasn't, yeah. like, the microscope or the whatever weird... You could turn the microscope into, like, a, a weird battle carrier thing, if you yeah. like. Or if some kind did. of cannon or something. <laughs> yeah, so... I do think that he it would be like the truck version that was in those. That's of course, yeah. I, shows. Which actually brings up, not to bring up the man of the hour, but Soundwave. I'm very curious to see what version, because obviously, the I, I would think the majority of fans remember him as this guy, as a cassette player. I'm trying to do this without glare. This is my G1 from when I was a kid, hence why it's beat to all hell. Uh, but... A lot of more recent incarnations, he was, for example, a UAV in Transformers Prime, which feels kind of appropriate. He was a satellite in the movies. He was a APC in a lot of other things, which also fits with the, he's a, a walking army himself. So like Perceptor, I'm curious to see which incarnations of these characters we're going to get. Is it more classic focused or is it going to be the more updated since they're Literally, could be people that open the packs and go, "What is this alt mode?" Clearly, the light post. He's going to be well, obviously. <laughs> okay, seriously, wizards, if you're out there listening, you're now doing promos. I want a promo sound wave with just the artwork because he's a light post. Because that would be the, awesome. The, the episode one hidden light post. Yeah, <laughs> no one will ever notice me. Oh my god. I'm glad you brought that up because I was trying to find a way to worm it in, but that that's you yeah. know. Um so speaking of uh older G one cast, one of the guys that I had on here was Rekgar, because I he has been getting recent toy releases. He the junkions in general have been showing up in things. Do you care enough about Rekgar? Do you think there would be any interesting mechanics that you'd like to see from those guys? 
I'd like to see the Junkions be like some type of army mechanic, uh, where you could have more than one of them in play mm-hmm. at the same time, and like I don't know, you could transform more, or you could flip more than one of them at the same time because, like in the movie, like when the one became the motorcycle, the one the other one jumped right back on it and became like you know, and vice versa. So I think that would be a cool mechanic. Yeah. Um. So I would think like there would be some kind of mechanic, and he would probably buff them, and you have something similar on the other side with the Sharktacons and Gnaw. Yeah, uh, I think would would be a cool thing, like mirror image of each other that way. Like one of them, I, I'm sure it'd be something simple. Like Rekar would add one defense to all Junkions, and Rek and Gnaw would add two attack to all, you know, could Sharktacons or something like that, or yeah, um, so th- something th- simple like that. The Sharktacons were on my list. I, I'm looking at Legends Gnaw right now on screen. Um, do you think that because I was taken by surprise that the Rise of the Combiners had combiners this early i i had a feeling they were going to do it i just didn't think it was going to be in set two do you think we're going to get something to turn the world upside down like that level of thing where it's a third faction you know because technically the quintessons and sharktacons etc i mean they're bad guys but they're not decepticons or do you think there's anything else waiting in the wings and or is it just Soundwave? if assuming he's in here that we're thinking is going to be the really out there mechanic I think I think your idea about how like the headmasters and things like that could work would be something similar to that, like using the battle deck to enhance the character lineup. Makes um, sense. So I don't know like I don't know what's left. Like we have trip we have triple changers. I like, guess the only thing we don't have that again I'm not a huge fan of are these like head target master like is there any other mechanic that we're missing like i don't even know. we need ones that shoot missiles okay <laughs> i don't know how they're gonna do it <laughs> you flip <laughs> cards or something i don't know uh no to your point i mean i'm looking around at my detoffs real quick just to think of any other ideas a lot of them are variations on a lot of the ideas that we've already had so okay six changers well that's a triple changer but more you know, it's not. Yeah, like we already have. We already have duo cons. We already have. I guess we don't have whatever the things were. The um, well, I guess that's sort of like what headmasters are like. The um, what was it like? Was was it, like not power masters, but there was like a whole show like where they were like power masters, wasn't there? Like, wasn't that the whole point of one of the shows? Well, are you thinking of uh, Cybertron Armada and those with like yeah, the, cyber the, keys the, the and mini stuff? cons? Is that what they were called? Oh, the, the mini cons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's. Yeah. It, it, I don't think that. So, obviously, if they didn't have, like, this huge mechanic built around them, I don't think that it would be much different than, like, the Soundwave thing. It's like, okay, they're they're really little right. guys. I guess right. if they explored other ranges, it would be, you know, Beast Wars or something like that, where... Which I, they already said they're not doing anytime soon. Exactly. So, it's I don't think we're going to verge into that territory, despite there have yeah. been Beast Wars characters, like, I... I'm not expecting like a Beast Wars set, but I could see maybe Optimus Primal or Rhinox or Rat Trap show up just because they've both been in recent media, they've been in some of the toy lines, those sort of things, like a one-off character. But at the same time, I don't know if they're going to want to put Maximals or Predacons on, like stamped on the card in the corner sort of thing. Right. I mean, we had a similar conversation before before that day that <laughs> that fateful out. day. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, where we didn't think, like, you know, combiners were coming out, so, like, who knows? But, exactly. Um, 
but I don't, I, I would, I think there's enough. I mean, my whole list is quote traditional characters, for mm-hmm. example. Um, like, would it surprise me if there was two more Scramble City combiners? Like, no, it wouldn't surprise me at all. But like, I don't, if it, like, is it going to be just as seamless to just put in two more combiner teams in the set? Like, and just have them like, you know, don't have to up the number of times that you open a pack and get one. Cause I guess that was like part of the set. Like you got more of them. Um, mm-hmm. but is it just as easy just to slip them in as a normal card? Like, is that going to be like, I don't think it should be confusing for people. Like if you, there's another combiner team, like, you know, or something like that. I was thinking like, about that earlier. Say good. Sorry. I just, it doesn't have to be a full theme of the set. It could just be every set from now on out. We're going to put like two combiner teams in or something like that. Who knows? I don't know. Exactly, and that's what I was thinking earlier, is that you could soak up, say, Bruticus and Victorion. They're all going to fit in now that we've established helicopters. We already have spaceships, tanks, trucks, whatever, you know. We already have all of these tribes, so they could all fit in. And you're only soaking up 10 character, only 10 character slots out of, say, the 40 that are there. You can, as opposed to Rise of the Combiners, where it's, if combiners weren't your thing, you might have been in a tough spot because there's just not that many other character options. But this way, you could still supplement the previous set's mechanics while simultaneously pushing a whole bunch of new stuff. And you have the volume to get something interesting in there. Yeah, agreed. Um, one character. So one, my, list had, my list had new combiners on it. Right. Yeah, we were kind of. I, I do have Bruticus on here because he's the one that I'm hoping for personally. Uh, I saw a bunch of people on Facebook. I got really attached to him with Fall of Cybertron because it was fun to play as Bruticus. But uh, one set of characters that I was surprised you didn't have on your list, Scott, was the bad guys from the movie. You yeah, didn't I don't know. I just came up with five real quick. Oh, well, I figured that was the case because we were just kind of, all right, give me five <laughs> characters. But I'm surprised that you didn't immediately go to Galvatron, Scourge, and Cyclonus. I mean, I would like a movie set, but I don't. But I don't. I don't think that's going to happen because I just don't see that, that. That the movie, even though all media that I watch has it is obviously the pinnacle multimedia outlet for the the IP. It doesn't always seem to be that like the original anime it doesn't seem to always be that way but i mean if it right. were me i would make a whole set on the animated movie personally but, well know, I, I don't know if they necessarily <laughs> need a whole set but they could easily draw i mean clearly the theme if that was the theme it would be great but i think they could include these characters and it would be fine i think a lot of these characters have crossed over to to have much bigger general appeal through the comics or through the toys and things like that after the movies come out. So like, you know, and we've already seen a bunch of, um, you know, be released in the first two sets with, um, either being part of other teams or just there, like yep. RC and blur and things like that. And Springer. And, 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 and we actually haven't seen them. We haven't seen that many. haven't seen, I don't think any of the Decepticons that came out. Right. And um, that's why I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to say surprised cause it's not even to that extent, but I will just say surprised that I we haven't seen any trace of them up to this stage. So that's yeah. why I'm thinking we may get them. I'm hoping you know, I'm looking at uh Skull Smasher and Skylinks right now that if the combiner mechanic and this may be one way that they do it, say Bruticus or Victorion are a, a devastator box set down the line, that they squeeze in 
some of the other smaller combiner teams in the set. Again, just for the purpose of you're not eating up a whole bunch of character and or battle card slots. Because yeah, Skylinks awesome. or Overlord or something along those lines could just be a combiner, but in of the Dreadwing variety. A combiner in the card game sense, not in the traditional... Right. Uh, like Transformers War sense. Exactly. Which just, Dreadwing is not either, so... Yeah. It, but it's a... I guess that's why they wanted to... I mean, part of it's separating out the Enigma to call attention to it for other lore reasons, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see some of those ending up being as part of the inclusion. Yeah. As we're going through it, it some of the other ones that I had put on the list, it, like Runabout and Run Amok, just for the... And I had had this for... A lot of these that I have up here, We I was going to talk about for Wave 2, and I removed Same. a whole bunch. Like, I had Warpath on there and a bunch of others that, like Dirge, that obviously we got. I had Runabout and Run Amok just for the sake of uh, more Decepticon cars. Maybe supplement the Stunticons, but are there any others that you thought of as we're going through this, Scott? That you think you're going to see, or any specific mechanics that you want to see? That okay, this needs to get fleshed out. No, mechanic-wise, I don't want to speculate on. It's just more about the characters. Like, I, like I had the the big ones, like I had Ultra Magnus. I had mm. uh, Drift. Um, right. I had. I had. I think that was it. I think we hit everybody else. So, yeah, I think those are um, are good calls because Drift is. I mean, they've already had Deadlock, so I would yeah. expect that we're going to see him at some point. Ultra Magnus feels like another obvious one, for want of a better way to describe it. Yeah, it's again big characters that we haven't seen, in mm. my opinion, and and they were they're not obscure at all. So, of course. You know. So and I think Ultra Magnus has a Siege of Cybertron character that yes. just came out. And, yeah, and whatever the I saw it in Walmart today. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Whatever the big version is, or whatever. So yeah. So here's the other question I wanted to ask you: Do you feel that we're going to get even more iterations of the Evergreen character? So we're going to see our our twelfth Optimus Prime or wh- whatever we're up to. <laughs> you know. I mean, I wasn't expecting to see this version of him because I didn't it in set, and also um, mm. I, I I would. I mean, we know that the other starter, so if we assume the starter is a a supplement to Wave 3 as opposed to just its own standalone thing, then I'm not sure. Um, I, I would think not if we count the starter. Um, I think there will be different versions of certain characters that we have, um, but I, I would... I, I can't say because there's a million versions of all these characters that have been, you know, every single thing under the sun. They're, you know, what are we up to like four or five bumblebees, four or five optimuses, you know, et cetera. So exactly. We could, we could, I just, um, I, 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 for some reason I'm thinking because of the, the, the speed at which the set is coming out and, and, and all that, that, that this set is going to not, is going to build upon mechanics that, exist in the first two sets and expand upon them and not be um, as wholesale different as I feel like the first two sets kind of were with each other. Right. So I feel like this, I feel like, I mean, I'm not saying there's not going to be new pips and there's not going to be new pip colors. There's not going to be new character mechanics. I just feel like it's, it's probably going to play itself out as a supplement to those, which in my opinion would mean that we don't need new versions of, of the seminal characters as much. 
I think that's true. The only thing that's holding me back with it or pushing me into the the territory of we're going to get our umpteenth Optimus, Bumblebee, Megatron, and Starscream is, well, A, Hasbro on that side have has been expressing their whole evergreen idea. And as such, it's kind of like, I almost feel the team is obligated to include them. Not that, Again, not that we have any inside information, but it may just be a directive. Like, you have to have Optimus in every set, just like every toy line has an Optimus in the beginning, has a Bumblebee in the beginning Mm -hmm. kind of thing, where it's, well, no matter what, it's somebody's jumping on point, and those are the four, arguably the four most recognizable characters, so we want them there all the time. And eventually, you'll just build your team of entirely Optimus, or whatever. You can kind of do that now, I guess. (laughs) It's possible, yeah, for sure. Um, It's going to be interesting. I don't feel burnout on those characters, I mean, I do like those characters, some more than others. Like, I I could take or leave Bumblebee. The other three I'm more interested in. But uh, it, it, I I guess the only potential negative would be is that are they, for the 15th iteration of them, eating up a character slot for someone that we haven't seen yet, which obviously, by definition, that it could have been someone else. But I get why they may have to include them. Yeah, I mean, we're making this list. I told you I could go pretty deep, so it's definitely going to be taking up a character slot of somebody that I've heard of because I, I went pretty deep in telling you how far I could go. Oh yeah, yeah, we did have uh, offline. We had a, an amusing discussion about uh, obscure characters. We'll call it that. Um, yeah, and there's there's plenty more where those came from. So, yeah. they, and somebody out there, those characters are their favorite character, and that's they'll never be shaken from that. But anyway. No. Uh, I, that's pretty much all I had for wildly guessing. I mean, I'm hoping maybe I have broadside on here cause I thought it would be funny to get him and, and beachcomber or just boats in general or, or, or other things like that. Uh, just for more bizarre tribes, although it isn't absolutely necessary. <laughs> Anything else you I mean, want to add? Pl- okay. There's just, there's plenty of, there's plenty of. There's plenty of 1984, 85, and 86 characters that we have not seen yet. So yeah, um, I don't know what I don't know how often some of those characters get reprinted mm. um, in terms of toys. But I mean, there's just plenty of characters out there that we have not seen yet that had, I mean, definitely had pretty prominent speaking roles. Um, oh yeah, in the original cartoons. So well, the Terracons just got re-released. Uh, there's a rumor as of today that the Seacons might see a release in the near future. Um, I said, I said, I said, seminal characters, not not obscure. <laughs> I'm just throwing things. other things out there. <laughs> uh, I guess for you, we might be obscure, but uh, Jackie is going to be really excited if we ever see a bulkhead who has shown up in a lot of or Lugnut in recent media for people that are animated fans. Uh, they've made the jump to other Transformers media in more recent stuff, but they're not quite seminal characters like you were describing. Um, there's, bottom line is there's there's a lot of like miles long characters you can spend days on TF Wiki or something just looking at random characters and reading their one line bios for the vast majority of them and uh, we're there's no way we're gonna cover all of them. No, we just wanted to get it out there so that we could do this before the before there's a chance that on Monday if they give said information they could they could 
spoiled 10 cards like I did the first time. So yeah. then we'd be like, damn it. So, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> expect a spoiler and expect yeah, maybe too so. strong, but it, I assume we're going to get at least a look at those promos um, or something along those lines. Maybe they'll they'll play it closer to the vest and show us later. But I, to me, I feel like that would make sense. But by the time everybody's listening to this, we'll find out. We'll already know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on from the wild speculation, we're into something a little more concrete, and that was an event that just took pay, took place bleh, this past weekend. Uh, and we actually had a really good turnout for it. Yeah, decent. It was it was pretty could solid. Always, could always use more. Could always oh. use more. Yeah. yeah, don't take that. Nobody out there listening should take that as oh, don't worry about it. We got it covered. No, show up to events, <laughs> come out and yeah. come play because the more the merrier is definitely true in this case. Um, but we wanted to recap the top four lists. There were some new interesting ones as well as some old favorites. I guess we'll say. <laughs> I guess it depends on sure. which end of it you are. Yeah, so our event was at Showcase Comics and Games in Swarthmore, PA. 21 players uh, played. Um, I guess as a we didn't have deck lists, so like, I, I can't sit there and say like how many of everything there were, but I believe... I want to I say the most represented decks. Now, obviously, the 40-card battle lists are not the same. Of course. Um, but I want to, and some of them are wildly different. As a matter of fact, um, I want to say the most represented decks in general were Aerobots, Predacons, and Disrupticons as deck archetypes that right. I saw multiple. But there were playing. with even within those, like you said, it's not just oh, yeah. the battle decks were different. They were wildly different ends of the spectrum for some of those right. decks. Oh yeah, totally agree, totally agree. But I just know is like. Character teams, I, I think those were the most represented, right? In at least multiple times. Um, uh, there was a few traditional Dinobot lists as well that I saw multiple people running as well. So, yeah, I think there might have been some of the the new wave Dinobots, and that is the Wheeljack Grimlock builds, where it's double Grimlock focus. Um, I think running around yeah. as well. And there was a few Sentinels as well too. Yes, uh, and we did have a variety of. For lack of a better way to group them, we'll call them rogue builds. And for those of you not familiar with it, it's just kind of things that like you have no idea what they are kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we had a, a huge variety in decks, I guess, is the point. Yeah, definitely. So in the top four, and you can see them on screen, you can definitely check out VectorSigma.info if, you, if this is scrolling too fast and you're too lazy to hit the pause button to look at the list or, you know, if you're driving or listening to it on audio, um, we had a top four consisting of aerial bots, sentinels, constructicons, and the touch. So the old school nemesis optimus build all updated, obviously for wave two and clearly constructicons, they made their debut and did pretty well. So where would you like to start, Scott? Any comments on any of these right off the top? Uh, we can start with Dan's aerial bot list um, because we already had a long conversation about it. I think it was, what, two shows ago, I want to say? Or was it the last show? I don't remember at this point. They all run together uh, after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, so Dan played our team's version of the deck um, with the changes that I recommended. Uh, I did not run the deck again. Uh, so uh, it, was two, it was two episodes ago. Um, 
I didn't run the deck again that I top forward with at the last event, so I wanted to run something different, um, which we can get into later. But uh, we did cut one Energon Axe and the... Um, what's it called? The backup plan for a work overtime and a pep talk. Um, so we had one less total upgrade and one total... Um, Action and then the obvious switch from backup plan to work, one work overtime, right? Um, and the deck obviously performed well. So, yeah, quick story about that. If you haven't seen it, because I'm not sure if it's live yet, uh, Mark and Dan prior to the event had a a fun little get together in choosing what they were going to play. So Dan somehow, I guess I want to say lucked out, but it <laughs> let's just say his build ended up being better than the one Mark had to play. Yes. <laughs> so you can definitely check that out if it's if it's not live by the time this goes up. Be on the lookout for it because it's uh it's definitely entertaining. And so, he echoed most of the statements that I said. Um, basically, that the deck was exactly the way I assumed it would play out. He felt it was very, very good and and very purposely one dimensional, but like played exactly out the way it was supposed to. So right. So basically, it, the changes that you made, one was, a, I guess, a straight upgrade, or as close to a straight upgrade as you can get, and then the other one was one that we had debated for like 45 minutes a few shows ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, other than that, the list, again, you can check it out on VectorSigma.info. It's, well, card for card, aside from those two changes, the same sort of thing. And uh, Well, all these, lists are, all these lists are up there in their, yes. in their actual incarnation as well. Yes. Yep. So... The other three were the Constructicon, Sentinels, and the Touch. Do you want to talk about the Touch a little bit and John's upgrades to it, since that's another one that people may be familiar with? Yeah, so John's upgrades um, were basically, um, you know, eschewing the the like the permanent body armors for for sparring gears, which I think is correct, but kept. I believe he kept the reinforced plating in the deck. Yes, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's two sparring gears, three platings. Yeah, so that seems. I mean, I probably still wouldn't even run that much armor, um, considering the ubiquitous nature of um, bashing shield. But I mean, right. it's fine. Obviously, if you if you stick one, it's good. Um, so he chose to also play less treasure hunts. He still played draw arms, which I don't agree with. But he said it was still good for him all day just to draw a card occasionally. Um, I just don't think that card is necessary anymore. But he said it did well for him. Right. Um, and then. Otherwise, like he had three uh, security consoles, he had right, um, like your basic change of defensive build to account for uh, wave two, essentially. Um, otherwise, uh, I believe most of it was pretty standard. Yeah, he um, had the upgrades in marksmanship, so he split marksmanship and plasma burst at two each. Notably. This was he had he ran the miser's copy of photon bomb. Yep. Which I mean, it, oh god. Yeah, that, no, that's it. Yeah. The he did mention multiple times that it was strictly as you'd imagine for combiner matchups so that he could get a whole bunch of damage in on him. I don't think he ever actually played it though, unless I misheard. No, he he played it a couple times. Yeah. Did he? Okay. I saw him play a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Um. I didn't get a chance to watch any of his games, so I wasn't absolutely sure. But other than that, it's kind of what you'd expect. You have all your usual blue pieces with the obvious upgrades for 
actions where you can. Espionages are showing up. Scott already talked about security consoles as included in upgrades. Uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. The deck still can do some really mean things. So despite being, and I mentioned this in the mistakes article that you had posted this week, Scott, that heeding the lessons of the past is important to keep in mind as we go forward. Things don't necessarily drop off or wholesale change simply because new toys are available. Yeah, I think the only thing I'll say is that it's kind of hard to explain because I'm sure most of the listeners, it doesn't feel this way, but like to me, this deck had been out of favor as a, as the answer to the metagame because Mm -hmm. uh, for two events, for the last two events of wave one, they were pretty much dominated by three wide optimist builds, not two tall optimist builds. And the two tall optimist builds performed extremely poorly against the three tall optimist build. Right. Um, so for me, like this was not the optimist build of choice uh, any longer. So that's why it feels like it kind of came back to me, even though I'm sure in other places it probably won't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they might not have had as much opportunity to have the meta evolve right? to where there were even enough events to feel that way. So I can understand why some people might think it's like, oh, this deck again, but I really don't feel that way. Um, yeah, it's more of a resurgence than it is the status quo, I guess. It right, specifically having, this build. And, and the second and third characters didn't do a lot of damage on their own, and that can be detrimental in combiner matchups because but having a six or seven attack second character and actually giving them less turns to come to tran- to flip so they can combine earlier kind of was an advantage for him right um in the situation like i know like we i know and, and it, i feel like this deck had certain matchups that were better for it than three wide and certain matchups that were worse for it in three wide especially when whether you were going first or whether you were going second. Of course. Um, it, it was a huge factor, like in our match, for example. Um, and he, like, like for, you know, he lost to the Sentinels in the top four, and I, I do think that match is heavily not in his favor. Yeah. Uh, it's no I, different than, than it was in Wave 1 against, like, Dinobot-type situations. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it remains a solid deck. I... I would like to see a two tall build try a different second character because I feel like Nemesis is just extremely weak to the to press the advantage, which is everywhere. Right, and especially if like um, if an Autobot Combiner team plays press the advantage when they have like three characters left to attack, it's going to be a real bad time for Nemesis. So yeah, I just feel like he's very easy to deal with. So right now, specifically, yes, because press is is showing up in anything that can reasonably run it. The The challenge here, and I think the m- maybe not obvious replacement is the new Bumblebee, but definitely on the short list of replacements. I personally have reservations about it for his own fragility, because if you hang him out there in bot mode, it, it'll matter adding up those extra attacks that they're sinking into him, hypothetically. But I also, again, the, as I said in my mistakes, it was I had kind of mentally put this deck to the side, not because I thought that it was 100% dead, but I thought Bashing Shield was going to just beat it up so much that nobody would play it. But obviously, John proved that incorrect doing so well. 
I mean, he played. Five, I think he. I think he played five combiner lists on the way to the top four. So I mean, like obviously, it has strengths and weaknesses against certain versions of some combiner lists. I still think it's not. And I, I'm I'm working on a large article about the continuum of the metagame instead of the rock paper scissors nature of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like just because of the way the mechanics of the game work, you can't just have one control deck, one mid range deck, and one aggro deck. And I I just feel like this slants itself to where it has weaknesses against other control decks, but can have strengths against certain aggro decks. Right. But we'll probably still struggle with the extremely aggro. Like it's it's not. It's it's slanted in the control side of the spectrum, but closer to the middle where the aggro control decks are, which means you're worse against aggro control decks like like Sentinels. You're worse against extremely you're weak against the poles, which is your heavy, heavy aggro and your heavy, heavy uh control, but you do well against the things that are in between there. Gotcha. So that that's how I see it. I think the the other caveat for this is Everything you're saying is true, but also that Optimus Prime can make up for a lot of deficiencies on his own, which kind of skews it. So for anybody out there listening that is wondering, well, when I'm running the touch, it never loses or it just beats up some of the things that we're saying that it may be or we would expect the deck to underperform against. Optimus Prime can sometimes just go, well, I'm going to take over a game and there's not much you can do about it. It's one of those characters that has the ability to do that, which I think skews a lot of thoughts about it in general, as compared to other lists where it's okay, they need to follow a certain line of play, they need to accomplish certain things. Optimus Prime can go, oops, well, I just flipped a whole bunch of burn and blew up your whole team. Yeah, and I also still think that um, like having a secondary character that does that much damage off the bat, like six or seven, yeah, it's just different than the way of like with when you played flame war and x where you needed action cards or upgrades to make them into combat viable now if you play an upgrade or action on that second character they're over the limit they need to be to take out a combiner which was just like a different way of playing against it so again like i think i just think that's why it's different than it was in the past where like three wide was kind of the better deck Mm -hmm. i just think against the combiner heavy meta which I know there was a lot there that day, and he faced it a lot. Right. Um, it can it can make a difference. And to be honest, I don't anticipate combiners dropping off anytime soon for all of the reasons you'd expect. Obviously, aerial bots and other teams are performing well, so people are going to gravitate towards things that play well. They're also favorites from a, a fan perspective, so I like whatever combiner team. I'm going to play them. I don't care. You're going to end up seeing combiner teams where wherever you're playing, most likely. So if this continues to play out, that the touch is maybe not necessarily favored against all of them, but at least some of them, or has an advantage, it's worth considering going forward, especially if you're considering playing one of those combiner teams. Be aware of what you're going to be facing down. Yeah. So any other thoughts on the updated list? Um, I guess, I mean, I guess, no, I mean, I mean, I would say the Sentinels list is also an updated list. Yeah, that, that was the one that's kind of on the, well, I guess it falls in the same category as Aerial Bot. So yeah, we'll, we'll call that an updated one as well. Uh, this is one that Stefan has been working on. He even said after the event that he's planning on playing this deck until somebody gives him a really good reason not to. And 
kind of like what we were just talking about, I'm hard-pressed to come up with a reason not to play it because it's it's pretty strong. Yeah, Stefan finally made some adjustments that we, uh, I mean, that, that other people have recommended and he took an advisement and I think made it into his own um, so that you'll, you'll see more... Um, more blanks in the deck now. I think he had the full play set of one shell stands and I think two uh ISO functions. Two ISO functions. Yes. Uh which are very powerful in this deck considering you automatically start with characters in your scrap pile or yep. in the KO pile. So um you can start using it right away. Um so I think that's powerful. Uh otherwise I mean he has the full disruption package with the three espionages to supplement the uh the Mirage ability, and he continues to have the one Enigma in the deck, which I have. We've had numerous conversations. I, I don't disagree with him. I just don't. I just don't under. I under. I don't understand where it's better. I, I just. It's hard for me to envision a situation where, like, my whole situation is just basically you're turning your last Optimus, a guy that's usually alive, into a, a nine a nine cost. It's a really good I mean, grenade nine, launcher, right? So, um, but I, but I don't know if you have to change your entire, I don't think you have to change that much of your deck plan to play it. I mean, it's just, it's just a safety valve. Exactly. Um, he did indicate that it, he was making some additional changes to the, uh, the power swords that are in here are, are going to get the ax. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what he said he was going to change them for. I think he talked about it in the, the post game interview with Dan. Yeah. That we put up this week. Yeah. So, um, the only card that's not in here that I just that I just flat don't agree with it not being in here is that there's no reckless charge. That may be so. what he was talking about changing it over because I'm looking at some supercharges right now, and that's usually the slot where we've all said, okay, we'll trade one for one, essentially. Yeah, the deck remains powerful. Um, yeah, the sequencing remains important. Um, do you feel it's any better or worse positioned after this event i mean obviously stefan did really well with it but do you feel that it's people still haven't figured out how to play against it or is it just so strong that it doesn't matter the decks that are good against it are wide aggressive decks um if those decks aren't seeing play or aren't piloted correctly or have terrible draws um then this deck will continue to to do well because it has extremely good matchups against any control deck. Um, I, I'm not even positive that you... I, I'm not... Po I, I have tested everything other decks I have ideas for, but like, I'm not even sure that other... that a control deck can be made that can do well against this because of just the... Um, the fact that you you have these extra abilities just on the characters, you never yeah, have to flip. I feel like it um, would have to be something Optimus-based because you're getting those extra plays despite them shredding your hand and also trying to I, make up for that. Like you said, the, they start with effectively extra cards due to the flips. That helps close the gap somewhat, but I don't know if that's sufficient. But Optimus has always suffered to Dinobots, and this is yeah. the better Dinobots. So, like, I don't. I agree I with you there. Uh, it's <laughs> it's tough. 
from a control perspective, I'm not really sure what you need to do um, to combat it, but I can tell you that, like, I mean, we're going to talk about it last, but there's another aggro deck you can play. That, like, I, I feel like I feel like it's wide, and I'm talking four wide or beyond. Um, I just feel like it's it's wide aggro decks. It has it's going to have weaknesses too, right? And I'm not I'm not I, I think the deck needs to be adjusted in a way where you you understand as the player that you're you need to tech the deck out for your bad matchups and and not keep slanting yourself to make your good matchups. You don't need to win more. You're, you, if you're already right. beating up the control decks, what's the point of... If you're already winning at 98, do you really need the 99th percent, I guess? Yeah, and I'm not positive that like that hasn't been done yet. I, I just know that I have to play a deck long enough to to understand that. And I'm sure Stefan would definitely know this better than me. But I, I just feel like we need... I think that deck needs to reach that that point where it's like, I really need to lay it out and think... This is good. This just helps me win these control matchups that I'm in in any way, right? So I need to find ways to to help me against these wide aggro matchups. I'm not positive that even exists in Orange Shell, just because like it's still an orange based deck at the end of the day. Yeah, um, you're, you're definitely fighting does, an uphill battle. Yeah, but if it does, you need to find a way to play those cards. Makes sense. This is another one that, not to be a broken record, but expect to see this one, as Scott was saying, and as Stefan was saying as well, like, until you, there's a compelling reason not to. So if if your area is flooded with a bug infestation, yeah, you, you're probably not going to play this, because that's one of the things that it's not excited to see. But it just does so many mean things constantly and yeah. repeatedly. It's it, it, that's basically the bottom line. I'm not going to stutter on and uh, repeat the same thing over again. Any other thoughts for Sentinels going forward? No, it's, it's a good deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the one that everybody was maybe not surprised by, but probably tuning in for and waiting to hear about is the Constructicon list. It was piloted by Craig. So Craig, if you remember way back when, he was the first person that I saw do well with the touch. So this was pre-packs. Uh, and he showed up. We had, I hadn't seen him at a few events, although I missed some, admittedly. Um, and he topped forward with orange Constructicons. So what was your initial reaction when you saw him sit down with this, Scott? Uh, I was imp- What impresses me about the decks that he makes is the single-mindedness of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his card game background is. I don't know if he played... I know some people that played... I guess it's Vanguard, the Card Flight Vanguard game, I think has a similar mechanics to this. And I think people, he might have played that game. I think that, um, like, the color sided focus of the decks is always extremely in one side or the other for, for decks that he's made. Mm-hmm. So I was just very impressed that he, like, you know, stuck to his guns and had, like, so much orange in the deck. Um, and it, it just did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, what, what really impressed me that he understood. Um, what the advantages of the deck are and how to make use of them, which is basically all my cards that are... like First of all, one, I need to get value out of every single one of my characters, so I'm going to play a ton of upgrades. Yep. Um, And the the only action cards I'm going to play are going to be, like, you know, 
extremely powerful uh, combat. Yeah, reckless charges. Or yeah, or they're gonna draw me four cards. Like that, mathematically, yeah. three cards or more with treasure hunt and um, work overtime. So that really impressed me uh, that he that he he saw the need to get value out of every single one of these stupid characters that are like individually worthless, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and that he needed to have, always have a full hand in order to make use of their ability to combine as fast as possible into a version of a character that's actually playable right. and devastator. So he was able to do that with the single-line nature of having so much card draw and having upgrades. Um, so he knew that he needed to play an upgrade every single turn as best as possible to make the guys worth it in their on-flip modes and pitch a card, both which both Treasure Hunt and Work Overtime allowed him to do. Right. I think the only actions he played were the Enigma and Reckless Charge, and I think that's it, right? So I'm looking at it right now. It's Reckless Charge, Treasure Hunt, Enigma, Work Overtime. Yeah. Everything else was either a weapon or an armor or utility. Yeah. Oh, um, well, I, I take it back. There was Peace Through Tyranny, but like, oh, I'm right, not right, counting right. that one. <laughs> that, right, for its, for its pitch. <laughs> just so I, because somebody's going to say, it's like, you forgot about that card. No, I, I just wasn't counting it. <laughs> the text on it's blank for this deck. Can't even play it. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it, I did ask him, the, to your point about the, the single-minded nature, I asked him afterwards about Heavy Landing, for example, because I feel that, that I've been running that in all the Devastator builds that I had proxied up. I was only able to get Devastator earlier this week. Um, and he, it was exactly what you said, that you said, no, I want all oranges. I want to make sure that every time they're flipping oranges. And it makes sense. Uh, the Treasure Hunt point is also something that's very important because effectively... You're always playing two cards a turn because of the discard mechanic, maybe three cards a turn. So the fact that you have six draw fours, or as close to draw four as you can get, is very crucial for the entire deck. And I don't think that the the redundancy of the draws... So once you combine to Devastator, I drew a power punch, but I already have grenade... like. I already have Grenade Launcher, I already have Flamethrower, or whatever, Erratic Lightning, you know, all of the additional effects. Who cares? You're you're 10 bolt too. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. That being said, that's where I personally lean towards, I feel it, it still wants heavy landings or one-shell stands or something like that, because I think it would help solve some of the issues where you're, the Constructicons sometimes are just not going to get there pre-combine and that helps shorten your clock so if they have three or more guys you just may not get there quick enough you're crushing every guy but it's still going to take you three turns to get through them all sort of thing things like scrapnel may be a serious issue yeah i I mean i would agree um i think they're i think I think there's room to explore some of those things, um, um, but I understand why they why you didn't run them. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I don't want to in any way make it sound like I know more than he does. He clearly performed better than I did, and he he put up a really strong showing with his deck. So I I'd, I'd be curious his additional thoughts on any changes that he would make going forward. If if you're out there, Craig, let us know because I I I want to play this deck. I want to learn more about it. So um, good. No, I mean, I like I said, I, I'm I was impressed with the um the the deck's builds understanding that you need to get value at every 
through your attack phases, mm-hmm. whether it's getting winning, whether it's getting stuff on the tower or and or just getting value out of a character. Period. Right. Um. And and, and also the the this what was interesting to me was the six character nature of the deck meant that he was definitely going to go. Games were going to go longer, so that a card like Enforcement Baton, which I never played personally had value there because your opponent was going to get more than one swing with a weapon, which doesn't always happen. Um, so both the, the nature of the Constructicons may not be able to take out a guy and um, the fact that it was going to go longer meant that you had targets that were alive for a weapon that destroys a weapon. That's also orange and you can get it into your hand yep. um, through the green mechanic. So I think it was a really good deck to play that card in. Yeah, I'm glad you called that out, because that's something that may stand out to a lot of people as to, but why? Yeah, it stood out to me, Um, so that that impressed me, and I understood when we talked about it, like, why he played it and and why um, why it shouldn't be, like, cut or anything like that. Right. Um, You know, playing things like Ironhide Blaster was was really good. Um, I mean, the only, the only... Obviously, the worst weapon in the deck is the flame flamethrower, but I mean, there isn't. You can't run mining pick, so um, yeah, I'm not really sure. There, like, if you're going to continue to run a deck this heavy with weapons, I don't even think another one does exist that you can run. Um, yeah, so. that's something that future waves will definitely help fill out because yeah, your your options are just you're kind of at the ceiling at this stage. Yeah, because your other your other weapons are are both blue based, so like you can't really like. I mean, I would argue you could probably just get away with running if you wanted to. If you wanted to get away with a few blues here or there, like you could probably shave some numbers here and do things. Um, but I, but I still think like the the way the deck was created in order to make use of uh, Trader Hunt and work overtime was impressive. And, and the other thing is. There was a poll in the Facebook group, and I wound up having a conversation offline about builders' tools and how good, a, good or bad of a card it was mm-hmm. in this. Because a lot of times, basically, people are like, "Well, I have to pitch a card anyway. If I don't have a card to pitch," and my whole point about builders' tools is you only get upside out of the card. So, if you have the extra cards in your to pitch one to the construct the kind that you're also playing the builders' tool on, you're going to wind up getting an extra repair counter for that turn. Period. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that. Now, the, the argument was, well, you're not you're not going to have that many cards in your hand. Well, a deck like this is going to have that many cards in its hand, right? So, like, you know, if it has, uh, we'll just call Treasure Hunt a draw for the for argument's sake, and, we, and, we, and we'll call Work Overtime also a draw three most of the time because you're obviously going to play it if you only have one card in hand, also, right? So, like, if you're always going into the combat step, if you're going into the pre, I, I should say, if you're going into the play an upgrade phase with four cards in your hand in some way, shape, or form minimum, you can afford to play a builder's tool and then and also pitch the card. Yeah, you're going to feed the Constructicons without an issue. Right, and I think most people had in their mind that wasn't going to happen, but to me the card only has upside. It can only gain you another you can't lose you a counter. If it's your only card in your hand, it's the same exact thing as pitching it to the Constructicon. It has no downside at all. Right. To play. Like, as long as you're playing an orange-based deck, it has absolutely no downside other than it takes up uh, cards, like, you know, one to three card slots in your deck 
for no stat value. But I don't think that matters considering they want to have as many counters as possible before they combine. Exactly. So, like, it shouldn't matter. Like, to me, the card has only upside, no downside. Well, um, additionally, it's a an upgrade, which it sounds obvious, okay, it feeds more treasure hunts, but that's the whole point is that it feeds more treasure hunts, and at this stage, as you were describing, Scott, you kind of ran out of, of weapons to run. You kind of ran out of... because. Yes, you could run, say, body armor, but why? No, you wouldn't. But the, the comment like, I had was, compar- was comparing it to Datapad, which I think is not even a comparison. Right. This card is... I, I, w- I will say you can make the argument for Data Bank. I saw um, that used to great effect because you have six guys, you slam it on one of the guys in the back, and you're probably drawing a bunch of cards. Right, I can see the argument there, um, but I would probably still run it in addition, not instead of. I agree. I- again, it could be just a, let's shave some numbers here and there, a flamethrower's the worst weapon. Maybe a builder's it, tool, a flamethrower, and something else become three data banks or two data banks or, you know, something along those it, lines. It's still an upgrade, so it's still something you can, and it's still a white, so it's still, like, something you can get and still has value, so. Exactly. Any and white, in, any white, because you're only playing three of them, now i think is yeah it's just going to help you get to the enigma also so exactly so aside from the individual cards themselves it ended up in my understanding because i didn't again i was playing i took forever kind of like i did with (laughs) with the last event i didn't get to watch this played until the very end when i was standing on the sidelines my understanding is that the only things that it lost to were aerial bots is that accurate Twice, yeah. Lost to Dan in the Swiss and in the top four. Okay. And so, he, he admitted his magic arrows are really bad. Which doesn't surprise me. Any wide aerial bots eats any wide aggro deck for breakfast. Yeah, and ex- except for except for Predacons, but yeah. And that's kind he of what I would expect going in, like you said. I'm curious again, any thoughts as to speculation as to what you think also would line up well against this. I'm expecting that we're going to see a lot of Constructicons going forward for the same reasons we were describing earlier. It seems to be relatively strong, at the very least, and they are a fan favorite. Let's face it, there are a lot of Constructicon fans out there, or really a lot of Devastator fans, so I anticipate we're going to see a lot of green and purple guys running rampant. So is there anything right off the top of your head, aside from aerial bots, that you think is going to eat this alive? I don't know how it does against like um, like a three wide deck. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, three wide like Optimus, or you mean three wide like Sentinels? Three wide like Optimus. No, it should it should beat Sentinels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I it, it's obviously extremely hurt by armed hovercraft. So any deck that <laughs> yeah. is running that is going <laughs> to hurt it big time. Right, right. Um, so like. And, and and that's just a meta shift, like, you know, playing Armor Hovercraft or playing um, Photon Bomb and things like that are going to hurt it tremendously. Absolutely. Um, so I don't, so I think the decks that, besides Aerobots that we know of, I just think that other blue-based decks that can run Armor Hovercraft and well, basically just Armor Hovercraft because I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that you would, like, I'm not going to run Strafing Run. <laughs> um, and I don't. I, I just don't think that photon bomb is going to see that much play. Um, I would think that it's going to be weak to anything that can run that that effectively. And I also, 
And honestly, like any deck that has a plethora of direct damage that can uh, that is can already be strong against um, like wide decks to begin with is probably going to have um, is it's probably going to have trouble with those decks. Yeah. Um, like I said, the th- the thing with the three wide optimist type build is just that like sometimes the fir- like the f- the flame war and X character, which is still in flux, just may not be able to actually kill a character when they attack. So you just may not have enough time to actually kill enough guys. But if you do build your deck with enough direct damage, um, you're probably going to hurt them because you're going to be taking out like obviously every optimist swing is going to take out a guy. Clearly, uh, regard regardless, and then like if you flip the direct damage as opposed to the combat pumps, you're going to hurt them. Probably kill two guys in one, almost guaranteed every single time. And there's only so many of those you can actually take. So um, mm. I'd be curious to see how that matchup would play out. But um, but again, the, the three wide optimist build was built to hurt decks like Insecticons, and this is just a six wide. This deck is essentially a six wide Insecticon, right? Type build, just complete aggro. Um, so I'd just be curious how that matchup plays out. Um, I would imagine like you combine with like you know fifteen health left on you. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, because because once you become Devastator, I think like it's gonna it's tough for the um for like the three wide build because obviously you're, you're probably one shotting the two smaller guys at that point. But I think if the Constructicons can either damage Optimus sufficiently that he's one shottable as Devastator. Or they eliminate at least one of the little guys, then they have a chance. Because that's what I was talking about earlier, where it's how many turns. Yeah, your Devastator punches for a million, but it's still going to take you three turns to get through those guys. And if you combine with only 15 health, you could just be dead to the first Optimus swing. I mean, I'm sure his first Devastator attack is doing something like 15, though, at all times. Because it's like, you usually have a three attack weapon on you. Mm-hmm. You usually have like or a four attack weapon on you like um you usually have bolt two like you always have the bolt two and then you usually have yeah. 10 attack like uh, there's only so many 15 attack things you can take before you're dead so um, oh yeah absolutely yeah. but if it were so optimus if he literally took no damage prior to that could hypothetically eat one of those attacks oh yeah and yeah, that's my point I, is I like I don't think you can eat two. Yeah. Oh, two. Yeah. There's. I can't. That would be some really bizarre circumstances, and I'm not sure that's even possible. But yeah, we'll we'll say it is just for the sake of argument. Um, I'd be very curious how this does. Also, speaking of the touch, how it aligns there, because as compared to Flame War plus other bot, who may not actually get there against some of the Constructicons or. Depending on which one, even with the help of burn, depending on how the cards shake out, Nemesis is just crushing them every time and should be one-shotting them. Or at least more likely to one-shot them than a Flame War. So I... And again, you brought it up earlier, they're being given less turns to combine. So I'm curious how that one plays out. There's a number of matchups. Basically, I want to play more Constructicons, so I have a lot of a lot of work to do. It would seem that they would need that upgrading action phase to actually do damage, and if you're limiting the number they actually have because of the number of characters you have, mm-hmm. it, it would seem to play to the strengths of the two tall deck, which is I agree. strange. But um, 
But, you know, that doesn't surprise me, considering the deck was built to take out Insecticon. So, like, it doesn't surprise me, mm -hmm. uh, considering this is just a, you know, a version of that. Yeah. Well, you know, the wide aggro deck. So, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a tough matchup for them, because, you know, you can attack with as many guys as you want. If they're in a blue base deck, they still get to flip blues every single time. Mm -hmm. So, if you have two armor, and they get two more every single time, like, you have to do... Anything you do under four, you should consider to be damage you're not actually doing. And uh, the mixed masters of the world aren't getting in there for much more than four. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, I mean, that's and so like, even if you attack with four guys, like you, you might only be doing eight damage. Like, um, and then they're gonna kill one back. Like, you're gonna. It's not a battle you're going to win. Um. Right. So like, y you have to have more action phases and upgrade phases, and you just may not have them, given the fact that they have a two-character deck. Exactly. Um, and the fact that they can use Nemesis as a true blocker for Optimus, because like he can also take out these idiots um, <laughs> yeah. like in one shot. Like mm. it, it can it can present a problem that way as well. But, but I do think you, I, I think you are favored if you can combine so it just comes down to the makeup of the battle deck that the prime base decks are playing, mm -hmm. um, especially like how many espionages they're playing or how, you know, other discard type outlets that they may be playing. Yeah. I think um, it's to that point, I think it's notable that he was playing three enigmas, which I think is correct. Uh, I think it's correct also. Yeah. 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 Obviously you're not winning the game on the back of the constructicons themselves. You really do need to combine and, given the prevalence of Sentinels and Espionage in general, you really need to make sure that you see it specifically in a very narrow window. Ideally, you want it defensively the turn before you combine, or you need them in bulk to make sure that, you know, you're not treasure hunting them away or something. I don't care about that point. But I just well, it, that you can still, still yeah. get a pair of counter out of it even when you're combined. So. Well, that it's relevant also, and you get additional tower counters if for some odd reason you didn't make it there somehow. Yeah, exactly. Same um, with Builder's Tools as well. So. Right, yeah, Builder's Tools still has value after the fact. Uh, especially, so the, the real scenario would be you get to nine because you were going second and they were just one-shotting things left and right. You can Enigma Builder's Tool, get to ten, get in there. Right. Um, any other thoughts on Constructicons? There was some stuff in chat, so I was going to highlight that if we didn't have any other details to add. No, pretty impressed that it did well. And, you know, I would say, I would say try this deck card for card before you start tweaking it to things that you want to try, mm -hmm. just to understand why it's powerful before you think that, like, I mean, this is, this is a true deck that, like, looks, that has how do I say it? Like, the cards you draw are powerful as the cards you flip, as the colors you flip. So, we, yeah, that is that a good point to bring up because you're going to be pitching so many of them that if the text box isn't great, at worst, it's give me a one heal later on. And and so flipping it has more value when you have six characters right that can attack than than whatever the text box is that you you honestly may and a lot of times it's even more important to pitch the card so like it's text box might as well just be like if there was if there was a blank did absolutely had no chance of being used 
one and a half orange or double orange, you would run it over most of the cards in the deck, for example. Yes, I could definitely see that. Yep. So I guess with that, that kind of closes it up for Constructicons. If we hop on over to chat real quick, had a few people dropping stuff in there, and I, I didn't want to intersperse them in this particular case. So uh, Jackie was very excited because we brought Bulkhead up when we were talking about hypothetical stuff. That's one of her favorite characters. Um, Dan was correcting me about photon bombs specifically for our discussion with or regarding the touch. And apparently he played it directly against you. So I guess that's why you knew that John definitely played photon bombs. Uh, yeah. Then uh, looks like W Gizmo was saying that he went 3-0 with the two tall prime actually tonight. So congratulations okay. on that. <laughs> um, he was saying you, he one shot Optimus battlefield legend with Scrapnel before he flipped to his other mode. Interesting. So, congratulations yeah, on the... Uh, he one-shot Scrapnel with Optimus Battlefield Legend before he moved to his... That's what he means. Yeah. Okay. Before he flipped to his other... Okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I was looking... I, for some reason, my brain read it backwards. I'm like, that doesn't... Yeah. I'm so confused right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's It's been a very long, tiring week. So, <laughs> forgive me, everybody. Um, so, shout out to everybody that was participating in chat um any other thoughts scott anything you wanted to plug or bring up since we were closing up at this stage well i mean you and i both ran i was oh, fifth. well the, <laughs> yes okay the, that's a good call i don't have the list for that i apologize everybody do you have the list up on the site scott no because i we only try to put the top four decks in <laughs> we're only putting the four. good lists up there <laughs> it was a good list it's just yeah. bad yeah it just I, didn't I, perform well it performed fine had bad draws in the last matchup that mattered and well, I, that, I mean doesn't that count as not performing well if it didn't come I didn't together roll, I, I didn't win a die roll all day so i don't oh really um, so what did you what was first. your actual uh, what was your run through the event like what'd you play against i mean i'm only bringing this up because we talked about it last week so i might as well right. at least give the conclusion as to what we did of course um i mean i, I went three two i went i was three oh i lost to uh, John with a touch in three games, him winning die roll on the draw both times and one on the play, which is exactly what we knew would happen is exactly what did happen. Um, given smoothed out draws between the two of us. Um, and then I lost to Stefan with Sentinels and the, the win and in match. Um, my first hand was extremely uh, action heavy, so I couldn't play more than one action a turn and had no upgrades. And then my second hand was extremely upgrade heavy. And I couldn't play more than one uh, upgrade a turn. And my first attack of the game uh, flipped no oranges, despite playing majority orange deck. <laughs> That's bad. So, what was it, like it Enigma me... Energon Slingshot or something? No, it was like it was like three whites, three cards that involved white and like Ooh. and like a blank. Ouch. Um, so it took me three attacks to kill a 10 health prowl, and that's why I lost. And that included, like, direct damage as well. So it was just, it, the way that the deck, the way to beat the wide decks is making them attack a guy more than once. Yeah. Um, because what matters in this game is how many, it matters how many resources it takes to kill the characters. And one of the major resources, which I've talked about in the past, is 
how many attacks. So therefore, how many turns you have to absolutely killing a guy. So if you have to take, it, it honestly should take anywhere from one. I've killed guys like Prow in one hit with a fully suited up razor claw, for example, uh, suitably out of nowhere, quote unquote. <laughs> given his given his ability, right? When right. it takes you three attacks to kill him, um, it, it just you can't win. Uh, you right. you just don't have enough character. The aggro control decks have enough power to to potentially one shot your guys. So if you're not getting value at single guy that you're actually attacking with, um, you're not going to win. And if the hand doesn't support you in that way, um, you know there's nothing you can do. Like this game can be very dependent on what hand and sentinels is going to shred at least one of those actions from your hand. So right. it can be good to have to be flooded with upgrades, but not. Either they're in a row. Yeah, you don't want to so, literally only be playing one card. I mean, that's what Sentinels wants, is that you're only playing one card a turn. You draw, you play a card. If your deck is doing that to you begin to begin with, you're not in good shape. Yeah. I mean, I like the deck a lot. There's definitely changes I would make. Um, I think I think the heavier... I think I needed weapons in the deck. I think, you know, I didn't play Iron Heights Blaster, and I probably should have. Um, I think the argument... Could be me to make sure I include like one Scoundrel Blaster, which I didn't play. Energon Slingshot was actually pretty good for me on the day. Um, I played it because in our playtesting after our last podcast, like scrap was a real problem, so I needed to have some way of uh, dealing with that and getting plus one attack in addition to getting the one damage was actually decent. And having such a small number of blues really didn't matter mm-hmm. uh, at all in the end. Um, I was just kind of impressed by their by their flip abilities being active in the mode that you get into, and they actually had like a relevant effect. And this is something different than when I played aerial bots, for example, where I kind of felt like it was just kind of better for them to be in the bot mode and the abilities other than Silverbolt. And I guess kind of like I mean, I guess their modes were better to attack. Yeah, air. I mean, three of their modes are done better in bot mode, which is. Um, Air Raid, Alpha Bravo, and, and Silverbolt's kind of irrelevant. I mean, it's just you want to get that one damage in there. Of course. Um, the other two in Fireflight and Skydive don't want to not be in uh, plane mode, so their their alt modes are better. But like for the on the Predacon side, you were pretty much getting value every single time you actually flip the guy outside of Headstrong. But I guess you could say making him somewhat combat relevant when attacking was a better value. Silver linings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but like, you know, the Torox plan ability was very powerful. Um, yeah. it gave you a lot of really powerful first turns when you had a double honors in your opening hand. Um, the, um, the razor call ability was really, really powerful. Extremely powerful. Of course. Um, the dive bomb ability was very powerful, especially when you set it up where they definitely were going to lose a card. Um, the Rampage ability was actually decent. The heal was actually relevant uh, multiple times in certain matches. Yeah, that's one um, that, like that may surprise nine people. One yeah, I healed like nine one time. It was pretty impressive. Um, who am I missing? Uh, you said Headstrong, Tantrum, Dibrom, Razor Claw, and uh, Rampage, right? That's yeah, that's five. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Honestly, um, I mean, Headstrong's clearly the worst character. 
Well, um, yeah. <laughs> but I just think that I just think that like he doesn't even fit with the rest of the deck. Um, well, I think they, they want the brave guy to make sure that Razor Claw actually activates. Otherwise, he's clearly so. If if they were the Stunticons, everybody's going to run into Razor Claw probably turn one. Uh, I guess so, but I mean, it's really hard to take out a nine. Yeah, you'd have I, I to be an say, optimist or something, which yeah. I'll admit it, it it is tough, but he's the, the guy you care the most about, I think. I don't think he gets too tall, maybe against three wide, I would say. Well, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, think that's a good point. Yourself, you don't want to leave yourself exposed to four characters. It's different than Insecticons leaving yourself exposed to three characters. Very true. Uh, especially when you're taking one of the, the major attackers. Mm. I would say, and I, I wrote this in my, um, mistakes thing you know nine effective health seems low comparatively but sometimes they can't do nine like not everybody yeah. has 11 or 12 like when you have nine it seems low but like it was actually pretty decent um like well, again it's made up for quantity pretty, is, yeah but i mean even if they survive a hit if any one of them survives any single hit i think the game's heavily more in your favor Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm not the greatest orange player in the world, so like I was still pretty impressed with how their power level allowed me to play to my weaknesses. So mm -hmm. they had a lot of play, like like you were actually able to make like a lot of cool moves with Razor Claw and like kill guys the rampage, like just stuff that you wouldn't normally like the plan one Torox. Like there was just a lot of plays that I they had more playability to them, like to outplay people that I felt was um was on the table so i was pretty impressed with them yeah they they definitely like you said it allows you to do fun things too like it's a fun deck to play because there are decisions to be made there are things to set up as opposed to you know draw a card play card pick a guy turn him sideways sort of thing yeah um you mentioned some changes with was there anything else that you'd be looking for going forward do you think you're going to play it at a future event or do you think that Based on what the top four was here, if we get something similar, you're not even going to bother with it. Oh no, I would play this because I think it has, I think it has, I think it properly built and properly played. Out of the decks here that did top four, the only one that I think it might be, like, I played against the touch, and like I said, it, it depends on who went first. Um, in playtesting, it had positive results against aerial bots. Um, and in playtesting, it had positive results against Sentinels with decent-sized hands. Mm -hmm. I think you can shore up that matchup by changing certain things. Um, I certainly pay, played some underpowered actions in Zap, so that I would probably cut that, for example. Oh, right, right. Um, and and max like max out on my ability to get weapons every single turn. Like I would probably play uh, something like at least one swindled, which something like Constructor Cons can't afford to play to have to give up the card disadvantage right. there, whereas I think this deck could make good use of it. Enigma um, into swindled. It's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> no, it won't. It'll never happen. No. You'll never have enough cards to do that. No. So, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I think it's a, it's a wide aggro deck that has play against... Um, Everything, in my opinion, I I, I don't know. I, I I'd have to. It, it's probably weaker to. It's probably weak to like 
a lot of the same, like, it, it could be weak to some of the aggro control strategies that are out there. I just felt like it's Sentinel matchup wasn't that bad, mm. uh, but I could be wrong. Well, I, um, I think you're right about it. The touch is going to be tough. Uh, similar thing. Do you feel it, it would line up well against three wide of varying blue varieties? Um, as long as you're able to say, yeah, as long it, as you're able to, what? Kind of as long as you're able to combine, mm. it would come down to you combining. And I, I, I will say it's, it's pretty weak to Grimlock as a character. Um, I had, <laughs> yeah. to, I had some, I won my matchups against Dinobots and against the double Grimlock deck, but it was like seat your pants the whole time. Like if they miss, like they need to misstep, which is, and, and miss, which is essentially what happened, um, in these situations. But like, Grimlock remains a solid metagame answer to combiner decks. Yep. Um, especially orange ones. Um, like I was losing two characters to Steamroll or to Grimlock himself, like multiple times. But like on the flip side, if you don't kill a guy, um, and he gets piled on by like three or four of your guys having weapons and upgrades and and actions and things like that, like it's a bad time for them. Also, like he's probably right. only gonna get one attack. But if it kills two guys, you're probably just gonna Right. So you have to be very, very careful as to where you you have to sequence your attacks extremely intelligent and make sure you put your damage on the right characters. Like I, I definitely lost the game where I put damage on um like a guy to keep more guys alive, killing off a second character. But we just killed off the second headstrong. Then when I combined, I would have had a hell of a lot less damage on me because he only has five anyway. So gotcha. just put all the overflow on it and then just let him die. And then when you, uh, if you're able to combine, you'll basically just, you'll be, all that overflow won't actually flow over to Predaking. And that's, that was the situation that I learned. But I learned that by losing game one and then winning games two and three. So just gotta, for these decks, I think, like, unless you can get a lot of playtesting, you just have to learn on the fly. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of situations exactly like you just described where it's, okay, what is the the worthwhile sacrificial lamb or how does sequencing work that five wide doesn't seem like it would be that much different than playing these other builds that we've had from wave one or or other builds from wave two. But for me personally, getting my head around how a lot of the the interplay works in various matchups has been a struggle like I, i'm still actively learning a whole lot of things every time i pick up one of these decks and how i should be sequencing things based on what i expect my opponent's going to do and i think the key is you have to know as the player of the team what the what the worst thing that your opponent can do to you is uh-huh. and when when they're making mistakes and where they're attacked Right. Sometimes, obviously, like if you have a brave character, they have no choice. Mm-hmm. But like, there's other situations where like you need to turn their bad play at your advantage by having more characters. Yep. So, absolutely, that's another thing. So yeah, and you can do that by attacking them as well. So, so right. they're forced to attack another guy as well. So yeah, there's definitely options, and that's where I was going with it of of trying to sacrifice the appropriate character it's okay they're clearly going to get in and off somebody does it make sense to preserve some of predaking's health for later does it make sense no maybe they'll whiff and i gotta you know just take the chance 
or you know how 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 does this matchup play out and that's where it's becoming complicated and for me trying to track all of that because i can't stick with one deck is, is becoming a challenge yeah i think i, I there's one deck i want to try before i kind of like well there's there's two more decks i want to try before i kind of like make a decision if, if it came down to that i just want to mm. shore up a different version of three white optimus and then i want to see if the stunticon build i have has any play and then i was about to ask is it constructicons and what's the other one but then you surprised me <laughs> no i have no desire for constructicons i just don't I'll let other people do it. I, I, I like them. I, I just don't... To me, like they're just a six-wide version of this deck, and I would rather just shore up this deck before I just went into that, I got that area. You know? Mm. For me, I do want to try Constructicons myself, um, but Stunticons are also something that I haven't given up on. They were the first combiner team, and then I put them down because I just couldn't find a way. But I want to circle back. That being said, I also have... like and I'm not exaggerating, like, 9 or 12 other things that are probably really, really bad, but I gotta get them out of my head, because it's driving me nuts. Yeah, there are certain decks I can put aside for now. At least I, there, there's definitely cards I, decks I know I'm not going to play. So yeah. I've, I've at least been able to cross other ideas off my lists, unfortunately. Unfortunately, mm. however you want to look at it. Right. I'm, the, I'm not yeah. as that... I'm not quite as decisive. <laughs> I've uh, I haven't accepted defeat on some of them, which I definitely should. I readily recognize that, but that's always been one of my weaknesses. Is I just don't want to. I I have a, a hard time giving up on certain things. So yeah, and then again, I I do think that um, it's an article I'm working on, but I but I think it's a topic that that stands. That there are just so many decks that are playable right now that like you are going to have a bad matchup against certain ones. And if like if, if your playtesting is going to be, if I can't beat this deck, it's not a viable deck, for example, mm-hmm. that's going to happen regardless. But it's a continuum, not a rock, paper, scissors. Like, right. doesn't mean you're going to lose to every version of X that sort of looks like that. Because you could have certain cards that in one matchup swing the whole thing like you know marksmanship is really bad against sentinels but it's really good everywhere so like you know right right don't discount that because you keep drawing them for example so oh yeah and um, that's it definitely rings true for me because that is kind of the way i test a lot of things is i need to be able to beat certain decks but that's also something that and we've talked about this offline a lot of people of other a lot of other people have recognized it as well because of the property-based nature of the game, or just, you know, certain people like certain mechanics, you're not necessarily going to see a, a sea of bugs slash primes. You're not necessarily going to have huge swaths of Predacons or aerial bots or, you know, whatever combiner, whatever the, the air quotes top decks are. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to be playing them. Right. Because uh, a lot of the decks, as you said, are maybe good enough that, okay, well, I like these guys more than those guys, and they're 85% of the way, 90% of the way. Yes, bugs would be better, but I could play with guys that I like. So you may end up getting that, and then that changes other matchups just because that team has access to thing, whatever that thing happens to be, like you said. Yeah, it's just the... I mean, I know you need to synergize your battle deck with characters, but like, 
and not every not any two battle decks sh should be the same. But um, they don't even play out the same depending on who the characters are. So, right, yeah, it, any of the changing any one of the moving parts drastically impacts the whole. Yeah, and you should be moving them in concert with one another. But even if you don't, you could you could have a strength against one deck that has the exact same battle deck as another character lineup simply because either the number of characters, the makeup of the characters, like the stats on the characters, things like that. Like, exactly. Again, the game continues to impress me with it's like the modal nature of it. Absolutely. But it makes it a lot more complicated for deck building and testing, I will say. <laughs> and and also, I will continue to say that that play skill is at least 50% of every matchup. Mm. Because you only have so many actions to take in a turn, and if you waste them or play them incorrectly, you're going to be behind the eight ball because the game just simply doesn't last enough critical turns to for that for, for you to make up for those mistakes. Yeah, the, so make sure the quantity of plays. If you replace one with a mistake or error, you're you've the percentage wise, there was a big change there from yeah. good play to including the bad play, and that's what so, you even said it earlier. Did Something as simple as whiffing on an attack, which, yes, everybody could chalk it up to, oh, well, I didn't flip whatever I needed, but could you have played or sequenced something differently to influence that attack two turns ago kind of thing to set you up so that you didn't have to sink another one into that headstrong or another one into whatever? And then mm -hmm. that went on to cause you to lose the game. Yeah. So... I guess that'll, unless you had anything else you wanted to, I guess we'll we'll do the whole end cap again. Anything else you wanted to plug aside from, I guess, what we had just played? I know there are a bunch of future events coming up. Um, anything else important for Vector Sigma coming up? What do you got for us? Yeah, uh, coverage of this event will be up there for the, for the next few weeks. Um, matches, I think we, I think we successfully recorded all but one match, um, uh, including the uh, the top four match because the top two split didn't actually play it out. So um, there'll be definitely gameplay footage of this event that'll be up there. And due to the variety of decks and the quality of players, I think that were involved, I would highly recommend that people check those out um, and use them as teaching tools for yourself to get some of your own play testing out of the way. So you can always hit us up. Um, if you have questions, it's easiest to hit me up through the contact page. If you want to email me or you can just, Hit me up on Facebook and a personal message. I'm usually responsive to those. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm available in various ways, so feel free to hit me up. Awesome. Yeah, definitely reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Again, we're always looking to try and include either from chat or general mailbag questions if you have anything that you want us to make sure we cover. Obviously, next week we're probably going to be talking about the well, Wave 3 announcements, the organized play stuff, all those other things. Maybe we'll get lucky. There'll be a couple previews. We'll have stuff along those lines. We'll see how it goes. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that was watching live and participating in chat. Congratulations to everybody that top four at our recent event. And tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.